Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show! We're going to be talking about something pretty infamous, I'm sure all of you know about it by now. The Bugatti Chiron SS 300mph New World Record. Except we're not going to be talking about the world record specifically, we're just going to be talking about the car and some of its stats and info. They set the record on August 2nd, which is interesting because they only decided to tell us about it a month later. If there's one thing to take away from that, is that just because it doesn't look like an automaker is doing something or is going to make, say, a Chiron SS, doesn't mean that they aren't. Absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. Take, for example, the Viper ACR. Back in 20, 2014, I never saw... I mean, Motor had a few renderings and a few things here and there, but I never saw spy photography and I never saw any good concrete info on this vehicle. A year later, in May, and then it just comes out out of the blue. Except not really out of the blue, because they kind of previewed what it would look like in the SEMA 2014 concept, but I digress. When they were developing the ACR, they set a lot of their 13... Well, they set a handful of the 13 records back in 2014. One of them was actually early 2014, but the rest were mid, mid-ish to late 2014. And then the rest of them were in 2015. So once again, this, along with that Viper example, is sort of proof that automakers don't always tell us absolutely everything or you don't always see rumors you don't always see spy photography sometimes they just do these things like the ford gt for example but anyway moving on from that the driver who completed the record was andy wallace and apparently he set the the world record in the well the top the top speed world record in the mclaren f1 and in the veyron now i don't remember if it was the veyron super sport or just the normal veyron but he did he did do a run in the veyron Outside of that, Bugatti has been working on the design since early 2019 along with Dallara for the chassis and Michelin for the tires. As you can imagine, they worked on not only those things but also aerodynamics to make sure the car was capable of reaching the elusive 300 mile per hour barrier. One of the aero changes Bugatti made to this car was the addition of a long tail, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Remember the McLaren 675LT and how the rear end was elongated? Exactly like that. Except this car does not have the Chiron spoiler, uh, wing spoiler that doubles as an air brake, frankly, for obvious reasons. But yeah, basically, they extended the length of the car by adding 10 inches to the rear. Almost like, um, you know how Dodge Charger Daytona almost looks like a normal Charger from the front, and then you see that, that almost like that rubber strip that splits the normal front end from the, from the sloped rear, that aerodynamic front end? Okay, imagine that, that, that. That idea of just strapping an extra bit onto a car, except at the back of a Chiron. It doesn't look at all like that, but that's that's the attachment that I imagine. They attached a 10 inch, 10 inch, 11 inch, a 10 inch additional part to the rear end. That's what they did. And speaking of the rear, Bugatti incorporated the quad exhaust into the rear diffuser. And that rear diffuser is now longer and more substantial. Well, longer, wider, and more substantial. And those exhausts are actually incorporated into the diffuser in a very Bugatti Centodici style. And what I mean by that is there's four of them and they're vertically oriented. And by the way, that, that's the Bugatti Centodici, I'm, I was actually very underwhelmed. I didn't think it was... I'm not sure if it's ugly. I don't know if I would call it ugly. It's just underwhelming to me. They looked at the EB110 front end, looked at a Chiron, and said, Okay, let's make this look... Let's make it look like an EB110, but not an EB110. Like an EB110 front end... And that's it, and the rear end's okay. I, I was just underwhelmed. I was disappointed. I really wanted an actual... A, a car that looked a lot more like an EB110, but I digress. This change was made to the exhaust so it didn't disrupt the airflow. They also changed the underbody of the car, although I don't have specific information about that right now. 
getting onto the front end, they even did some changes with that. The splitter became wider and I think a bit bigger, as did the grills. Now, of course, I mean, this car is actually more about aero than it is about power. Because the Chiron SS, no, no, the Veyron SS, from what I remember, had a power bump of about 170 horsepower over, over the uh, standard Veyron at the time. This car, not to say that the, S, the Veyron SS didn't have aero changes, but this car has significantly more substantial aero changes and less power changes at that. So, speaking about the engine, Bugatti did give this Chiron SS a power bump. The record-breaking hypercar now boasts a power output of 1,578 horsepower. Yes, they boosted the Chiron by only 99 horsepower. Now, that's probably the power of a, a diesel Fiat 500. But once again, they did a lot more aero changes and chassis changes. So, I, I like to think that they only added that extra horsepower just to ensure the car could absolutely do it. Anyway, with all that said, Bugatti President Stephen Wilkenman, sorry, Winkleman, said that they won't be attempting any more top speed records from now on, stating that we have shown several times that we build the fastest cars in the world. In the future, we will focus on other areas, said Winkleman. Now, at the time when this came out, and to be fair, they only, well, yeah, at the time this came out, Bugatti said that this Chiron was a near production prototype, and then about five days Give or take about five days later, they did actually unveil the real thing. And I was about to say this might be a short episode. Actually, no, because there has been... I'm actually glad I waited a bit because a, few, a bit more information has come out. And, and by information, I mean reactions. There's been a few reactions to, to this whole ordeal. And one of them is by a guy that... Well, let's just say I don't like his company. I don't have a, I don't, I don't know if I have a specific grievance with him, but I do not like his company. The guy I'm talking about is John Hennessy, and he had a few words to say about this new record and what he said. And basically, I'm paraphrasing here: is Yeah, good job, Gotti. You know, hats off to you. But why didn't you run it twice? And the reason why he said that is, if you didn't know, most top speed runs, they're they're run both ways. And the reason why they're run both ways is to what they do is they, they run the vehicle both ways. They calculate the average between those two runs. The reason why they do this is that's to negate the possibility of a tailwind helping the car out in reaching whatever speed it'll end up reaching. Bugatti didn't do that. This what They did one run at the same place where James May took the... Was it the Veyron Super... Yeah, where he took the Veyron Supersport and set the record. And then got beat by... It might have been Andy, to be honest with you, but he got beat... Someone else, but yeah, they did it. Bugatti did it the same place, but they only did one run. So John Hennessy believes that this record is actually still up in the air, the the race to the 300 mile per hour barrier. And as much as I think the Hennessy brand is sketchy, from what I've read on the Viper forums about how they don't get their cars back, they mess them up, blah blah, really sketchy stuff. I think he is absolutely right. If top speed runs are measured by doing two runs, and the average between those is is what actually sets the record, then he's 100% correct. Bugatti didn't really... They broke the 300 mile power barrier. Yes. Did they set the record improper like Koenigsegg did? No, they did not. The record improper is still up in the air. But history books are going to say, well, who actually, you know, who broke the 300 mile power barrier first? Just outright. And that that's the Chiron Super Sport. So yeah, I do think John Hennessy is 100% correct in that let's see what would happen if they ran it twice and that the race is still on. But you can't deny when history books 
have the question, who broke the 300 mile power barrier first? They're going to say Bugatti. And then, you know, the people who actually broke the record properly is probably going to be Koenigsegg. I really want it to be Koenigsegg. I don't, I don't, see, I just don't know if Hennessy's going to get his, his Venom F5 out in time. Because apparently it's been, you know, coming soon for a handful of years. And then I'd actually like SSC. I'd rather, it'd be Koenigsegg, SSC, and then Hennessy, in that order of who I want to break it the most. And the reason why I put SSC up on there is because, honestly, I want them, <laughs> I, just, I just want the Tutara to be out already. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of bored of it being like, yeah, it's at Pebble Beach, and here, we update it, and then it's never around. It's like that Devil 16 in the Middle East. It's an on and off again relationship, and at this point, I'm like, you're either on or you're off. But I'm not, I'm not gonna care if you're off again because it's been too darn long since any, since any stability has been had in that relationship. You're on again or you're off again. But don't expect me to cry if you're off. And that, and that's what it's like for me with the Tutara. Either you exist or you're just as big of a lie as a Devil 16. One of the two. You can't have it both. I'm not gonna care for both. Or you can't have it both ways. I'm not going to care for both ways. Let's go find out how expensive it is. Because like I said, they did actually reveal the, the true production. Well, I say the true production car. They did reveal that it, it's going on sale and it's the Super Sport and all that. So it is indeed the Chiron Super Sport. That wasn't just me making up the name. And let's see. I didn't actually prepare for this one. Feels bad. Uh, apparently, it's going to be $3.9 million. dollars Three point nine million dollars given current exchange rate almost four million do i think that's a bit much yes just because that's a lot of money but it did break the 300 mile per hour barrier so and also apparently it's only going to be capped to a little over 300 units worldwide oh wait no no oh wait okay the bugatti shaman super sport 300 plus is what it's called no joke they're calling it the bugatti chiron super sport 300 plus that's what they're calling it. And it's going to be capped at just 30 units worldwide. 30. Basically, you ain't going to see one. <laughs> I mean, unless maybe you live in either Texas or California or maybe Palm Springs, Florida. Maybe. Or Germany, perhaps, but still. So, it's going to be 3.9 million and it will be capped at 30 units worldwide. And I got to be very honest with you. I am surprised this article didn't say, and all 30 have been spoken for already. Because that's typically what happens when they talk about these European ultra-exclusive, ultra-luxurious hypercars, and sometimes supercars, they tend to be spoken for already. Every single unit tends to already have been bought. And I'm very surprised that that hasn't happened with this. But yeah, that is going to be it. That is basically everything, pretty much everything important, everything noteworthy about the Bugatti Chiron Super Sport 300+. I really wish they didn't have the 300 plus in the name. To me, that's... It's really just a lame addition. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Share this if you're on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube. Don't care if you're on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you do subscribe, hit the notification bell. That way you're notified every time I upload. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed. I will see you all very soon.